0: I'm glad to know that the Planet Noun
1: has survived COVID. Well, welcome to Planet Noun, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference, and do more with what life presents. And today, these days, life is presenting us all with some bull. Joining me to talk about it another past guest this time it's stacia wright now she was on planet now about two years ago actually a little bit more than that actually we met up at a local panera bread in 2018 i think it was during the summertime. we sat outside in the sun at the same table without masks and we talked about her life as a business owner some of the ups and downs things she learned and other lessons along the way well Thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, we caught up via Zoom this time. So that meant no selfies after the interview, but we did have plenty of conversation and laughs. Despite this old tough time, we're navigating together through this old janky 2020 year. So anyway, we talk about a bunch from how the pandemic has affected Stacia's business and family life to Zoom school and learning how to go with just the ebbs and flows of... The new educational reality for her kids. Let's get right to it. This is Stacia Wright of Be Real Media Management on Planet Now. How have you been? How have you been dealing with things? It's been like two years. So the last time um, you were on the podcast was in 2018. I didn't realize it had been that long.
0: Wow, yes, that was like two years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: And yes. we met up at a Panera Bread. That's right, in, in Maryland. Maryland. Oh. It was a nice sunny day, and yeah. driving by that Panera Bread when, you know, when everything was in lockdown, I remember thinking, oh, those were nice days.
0: <laughs> nice days, but it was still outside, so we could technically still be there. But
1: True, very true, <laughs> very true. So how have you been, like, in the past couple of years... And then dealing with COVID, with your family, with with two children in school, because I think your daughter's in school now, right?
0: Yes, she is started her uh, year of first grade this year, so it was in the middle of kindergarten that COVID hit. So she only made it up to March, and but and my son was in second grade, so it, they came home March of this year, and it had been you know, a whirlwind ever since.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> like how do you explain things like that to them? So me, it's just me. I have uh, nieces that that I keep in contact with. And my oldest one, um, she would call me, you know, periodically. And I, I, now I have two new nephews, her friends. Um, and they would call and, you know, just ask me to pray. They would have their own prayer sessions and everything that asked me to pray for them. I, I feel old. I feel like, like auntie in the true sense of the word. You are auntie. Use auntie's prayers, like the auntie that has like the peppermints in the bottom of her bag. Auntie, that's, right.
0: that's a good auntie. The one with the blue mints. That right? Awesome. <laughs> you don't want the auntie that has the yucky candy. Oh nobody no, wants that. nobody
1: wants that auntie. <laughs> the, the auntie with the strawberry candies. Yeah, mm,
0: the strawberry ones are good. Though. <laughs> gooey center. Oh, yeah. I'll take those. <laughs> But it it has, um, ironically, it's hit in several different ways. And the first wave of things was professionally. I think when I was on the podcast last, I was, you know, kind of speaking up to entrepreneurs and how that life is. And, you know, you have to do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do ultimately. Well, when you're in an industry that is hospitality-based, <laughs> Those those were one of the industries that were hardest hit during COVID. Industries of event management, hoteliers, um, anything that requires people gathering together are the industries that you know were were extremely hard hit. So that was the first wave of okay, this is not fun because what things that I had my proficiency in and what the con- my my contracts dried up like overnight i mean wow.
1: if you had to put a timeline on it like once the national emergency was declared on march 12 between like when did things start
0: yeah start for you it started it pretty much from the time of march because i had three client events that almost all simultaneously had to get canceled wow. because i produced a graduation that was to happen in may Prior to that, I was producing um, CF Gala down in Alabama for my alma mater and the United Negro College Fund, which happens every April. So it was like within a one month period of time, decisions had to be made for things that I had already been working on, but had to pull the plug on because we had no, there was no way for us to proceed during a national emergency on these gatherings. So you know those contracts were were pulled within within weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, so the event that normally happens in april, may, it was March when the, the national emergency was declared, so immediately that was pulled off the table, um because we had to send out regrets to you know musicians, deposits that were made to the venue, all these types of things that had already, because we take about you know a year to plan an event, and when you're getting a national emergency as of march nobody can gather my event was supposed to be happening in april may there was no way it was going to proceed then i had another event in california that was supposed to happen in june that immediately got cut mm-hmm.
1: um, is that the jazz it, jazz getaway
0: yeah brian Coperson's jazz getaway so that event it wasn't immediately cut they were trying to hold out a little bit of hope but as we got closer and closer they shifted it to november so then we rescheduled it for november And then as we got closer, but then we had another jazz event that was supposed to happen in Chicago in September. As the year is progressing and the numbers are starting to climb, we're realizing this isn't going to happen either. (laughs) So all of those type of um, business uh, incomes for me were immediately impacted while I was still doing as much as I could online and emailing. Cause I was doing a lot of the customer service management and stuff like that for the client that still was happening. But as far as the physical work that normally would come, that was, you know, was immediately cut. Wow. So that income was not something we were anticipating losing as quickly. And um, so that was adjustment, but simultaneously, then my children were home. Full time, and had we and we had no forewarning with that. I had no aspirations to be a homeschool mother, homeschooling <laughs> like, parent.
1: How did that happen? <laughs> what did you get a letter on a Friday, a Thursday, or Friday that said, "Hey, don't come back"? Or what was the what did that look like?
0: How did that happen? Now I'm trying to think, because it feels like a lifetime ago. Because I feel like we've been in this situation for a minute. But um, it was in 2020, but it, it was five years it, ago. It felt like five years <laughs> ago. <2020. laughs> Because this year has gone for, for five years. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so I think it was we maybe they they told us I think maybe about a w- three days or four days advance notice. Maybe we got a week. Maybe we got a week advance notice that there was a chance that we were not going to be able to because because other schools because we were pri- we, our children are in private school so. I think the public schools had already been spitting out the word that, you know, this was going to happen. So we were waiting to hear, well, what are the private schools going to do? And so, and then it got mandated by the state of Maryland. I think that's pretty much how we ended up getting shut down because it was like, okay, the state of Maryland is Mm -hmm. saying, this is the date that you have to be closed by. And I think we maybe got, maybe we were told about a week in advance. Mm -hmm. So the school was not ready to go online at that point we thankfully had you know laptops here at home but they weren't for our kids (laughs) so (laughs) we had to to figure out uh the school had to figure out what apps to use we had to finish up so it was it was about a week heads up then they were full-time at home but they told us it was only going to be two weeks
1: oh okay for i guess the incubation period to make sure no one (laughs)
0: right or well it wasn't even that they said so, because nobody knew anything, nobody knew how bad this I think was going to be. They just said, "Well, for precautionary measures, we're going to cl- be closed for the next two weeks." So it was we only got two weeks of instruction from the teachers on how to do this online. The te- many of the teachers had never taught online before. It was not something they were accustomed to. They hadn't. They didn't have their paperwork in a manner that was going to be easily translated. To, some of them we had, we had apps for, and so we could do some of the things that way, but it was, it was pretty much a mess. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you say that it in such was, a nice way, with a smile. <laughs> you know, it was a mess. Because <laughs> the teachers weren't ready, the school wasn't ready, the parents weren't ready to transition to everything being immediate as it was. The only, you know, sort of blessing in our household was that because I, of the nature of work that I did, I worked from home anyway, I was home already. So it wasn't that I had an office that I had to go out to and figure out who's going to watch our kids because um, their father is a hospital administrator. So he had to go into the hospital and he was considered an essential worker. So even when they were getting that period of time where they were like, you can't drive, everybody, they, they were shutting down Um, the city and giving curfews and you had to have like a paper that allowed you to go into the streets like that the the police could pull you over but if you didn't have proper documentation that you were an essential worker that you needed to be staying home well he had all the proper passes because he, he works at a hospital but he had to keep nothing stopped with his work but everything had to transition for home and it was you know five days a week of instruction with trying simultaneously to figure out how, what the school wanted, how we gauge things, how would we upload assignments? Thankfully, we have really good iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> that I have a good iPhone. Because half the time, you're taking pictures of their, you know, hard copied you know, math assignment or rating assignment, and you have to take a picture, and then you had to upload it to the app, and then the teacher would be like, it's blurry. Can you take another picture? And you're like, (laughs) okay, I mean, is that better? I mean, (laughs) you're laughing about it
1: now. What were you, what were you feeling then?
0: Very overwhelmed. And what what was interesting, though, is it was a it was a universal overwhelmed because all of the parents were feeling it at the same time. So it wasn't like you were alone. You were like, "This is not going very well." And then you're on a group chat with a bunch of other mommies, and they're like, "How's it going in your house?" I'm like, "Yeah, my daughter just ch- checked out. She's not doing any more schoolwork." And I'm like, "So did mine." <laughs> this community of overwhelmed. Community <laughs> of everyone who's like, "Forget it. We're just you now. We're just gonna give it a go tomorrow." <laughs> And sometimes you you just had to decide between your mental health <laughs> and what was priority academically, and you also had to do that for yourself, and you had to do that for your children.
1: That sounds like like because it's it's just me, and I know if I was feeling overwhelmed, you know, it, everyone has their own different ways of feeling overwhelmed. Yes. But that was one of the things I've been thinking about over the past six or seven months. I can't imagine having other human beings in my care during this time. My hat, look, my hat, my Grace <laughs> Alleyé slap cap goes off to you.
0: the <laughs> Slap cap, they go with the satin inside. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, it, it is. Uh, and I only had two. So I knew and had friends in who had children? Who and and it was difficult because my two are at different ages, but they at least were ages where one was a slightly more independent because he was in second grade, but my daughter was in kindergarten at the time. So it was everything from we're still on sounding out letters. So it wasn't like I can say read your own assignment because reading was we were still learning to read. <laughs> mm-hmm where my son he knew how to read so it would just be a matter of did you interpret it correctly so you're so we set up our little classroom i had there you know we did our our growing plants and cups and we had a little classroom set up i set up cubbies where i was like this is mommy's cubby this is your cubby and you know you had to create a classroom within you know three or four days and the schools you'd go you they did the school quickly coordinated kind of a quick drive-by you would go by pick up all the supplies that you would that they thought you only needed for two weeks and then once they realized oh this is going to be extended longer they were like okay come back and do a drive-by but then they had to schedule pickup times because we had to keep social distancing so i was like okay i'm gonna sign up for 315 to drive by the school and pick up these supplies but imagine the parents that had like four different children and both parents are working.
1: Do you know of any parents who were both were essential workers?
0: Yeah, I did. And um, and I knew a a family whom the mother was literally a therapist, like a a psychiatrist, psychologist. She had three children one being in arms baby, like a baby baby. Then she had a child who was in second grade with my son. And she had a child who was in kindergarten with my daughter. And then she had an in arms baby. And she had to do therapy sessions for people while also managing her household and her husband was an essential worker because he worked for the government and was actually one of the people who were helping with these stimulus package creations so he would shut himself off because he had to he was part of the group that had to come up with these stimulus stuff wow
1: (laughs) wow so he had to concentrate
0: yeah there (laughs) wasn't she couldn't be like, excuse me, can you give the baby a bottle? Because he's like, I'm trying to save the country right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's only, what, millions and millions of people. Are waiting <laughs> counting on- yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: So it was, though, the only common thread was, we're not alone. We are all going crazy together. And you just do what you can do. And quite frankly, for me, it was you had to have I, a sense of faith that for me it was it was it it, it enhanced your relationship or lack of relationship with god <laughs> it brought it to fruition to go okay this is gonna take more than just human strength and right. effort to get through and ingenuity it takes all of that together but ultimately you have to find your own peace within that and i purposefully started taking up more um meditation i took up started to getting doing an uh, ig yoga class shout out to megan mcglover she was oh okay okay yeah i love me <laughs> girl 5 45 a.m on sunday mornings it's me and megan and the rest of the ig world <laughs> So the truth teller was on there talking about, you got to find your peace. What are you breathing in and what are you breathing out? You know, breathing in frustration, breathing in all the things. And then you have to find your center in order for you to gain the strength spiritually to be able to mentally balance it all. And, and, and it is about balance and realizing where your cutoffs and triggers are and how much to take on and what is, what is more important than other things that are also important. Everything can't be equal importance.
1: Right.
0: Your children's mental health and your mental health should be the utmost importance. And then it's, you know, then it's your academics and your everything else, because you're not going to be any good to anybody else. If you are literally having a breakdown right. and, 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 it, and it brings you to a point of looking in the mirror to say, um, you know, this is a gauge on how healthy am I? Hmm.
1: Not just physically, you're talking about mentally speaking or everything.
0: It's everything. It's how, what practices have you put in place to preserve your, what are your coping mechanisms? Hmm. What are your skill sets? What do you go to when you are at at your wits end and where do you draw your strength from? Because you're, you were tested on all of that.
1: Oh yeah. And I want to have a have a follow-up question on that because um, we, as we discussed in the last podcast, we both grew up um, in the same Christian denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I, can't, I can only speak for myself. As I get older, I'm realizing that everything that we were taught, every single iota that we were taught, I, there are certain things that I question, and now I realize, like you said, I have to find my own peace. It's not what anyone taught me. It's not what, you know, I read in some, in a book. Um, it's not necessarily what was preached from the pulpit. I'm not knocking any of that. Right. But the path that I take, the spiritual path that I take my relationship with the divine or with God, I call it God, other people might call it something else. It's, um, it's It's mine. And I have to own it. And
0: your journey,
1: yes. And when you are scared, I, I, I'll say witless, but I really mean the other word. <laughs> when your family is clear across the country, you can't visit your friends. Everyone is on lockdown. Um, I was considered essential as well, so I still had to go to work. Um, when all of that is swirling around, like you said. Where where does your strength come from? And it's it's tested. Yes, and it's
0: and it's everything. It's all the things that you said, but because it really comes to what did I glean from all that life experience thus far? From where I have gotten, which bits and pieces, my spiritual life, my physical, you know, um, exercise. How much (laughs) exercise? How much have I valued exercise in my life? Um, Do I only work exercise in the gym now that I can't go to the gym? Where else can I exercise? What other do I have anything else? Do I have bikes? Do I have, you know, what other things can I do to keep myself physically fit? What things am I doing to keep myself mentally fit? What have I been eating all this time? Do what are my habits that I have realized and now are crutches that I have to go to this happy hour after every time. But now I'm realizing, Oh, this was a happy hour thing was a crutch. Die. I didn't do happy hour. Cause I got kids, but you know, it was, like, <laughs> 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 you meet that would have been nice, but it was <laughs> like, you know, there's things that you realize it broke routines that you had come to comfort, were were comfort um, that you had to reestablish and also come to grips with, I have to set up a new norm here. And in that new norm, where am I going to find my comfort and my peace? And 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 set that aside and set those things as priority. So, you know, my spiritual walk, where am I with that? My physical um, act- activity, how much exercise am I getting? What am I eating? And am I eating the right things? And have I been eating and now I need to get on it because I clearly have not been eating the right things. And so that's what's making me feel this way. Um, you know, uh, valuing just getting fresh air. Cause then you had to go outside with a mask on. So yeah, it
1: sounds like you're going you through,
0: um, how much air meant <laughs> to you until you couldn't get it fresh right. and you're breathing remember, your breath. Right. Oh yes. Yes. Now, I, now people who have halitosis, I'm praying for you.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it must not be fun. Must not be fun. <laughs> and like the things that you're talking about, like that, remember that acronym new start?
0: Yes, you're right. I remember New Star. That and was the radio all, it, show. <laughs> What was it? New, it nutrition. Was all, nutrition, exercise. Mm-hmm.
1: What was W? Water. Water.
0: Mm. New, and then S That's was stuff. sunlight. Yes, sunlight. T was, te- T. I think temperance. One of the T's temperance. was temperance. One of the temperance. Yeah, was temperance. A? Air, air? Is that air? I think it was air. R. R. I don't Either know.
1: rest recreation. I can't remember.
0: maybe it was rest. Rest is pretty important. And the other T was trusting in God or something. Yeah, like that. trust in divine power. Trusting in divine power. This show New Start is a great anchor acronym because you have to get literally tested on each of those. It's a checkbox almost for temperance of how you've lived your life. And it was like a mirror to you to going, Oh, I I wasn't putting that into practice very well because people who had vices like drinking, they just drank more Mm -hmm. people who have vices that you realize you were avoiding connections, then all your connections were taken away from you. So now what, Mm -hmm. um, or how much you needed connections because they, you had built so much of your own, Self based on other people now that you're separated from those people who are you now. And there's other things that you, I didn't realize how much I like, you can eat good or bad or otherwise shopping. I mean, there's just basic things that you're just like, oh, wait can a minute. Talk I about can- something Mel? Okay, we'll see.
1: Can we talk about something
0: now? <laughs> the other thing is, okay, so now you switch to online shopping for what? You're going to buy all these shoes and these fly clothes to wear in your house because you could see the transition of what was happening. First, people were like, I'm on my Zoom and I'm going to get dressed like I get dressed to go to work. And so then you get in down and you're like, okay, and then you realize the next day you're coming down and they're in their pajama pants but you just have your dress shirt on. And then <laughs> the hair and makeup is still on. Then the next day, it's like, okay, we're gonna not wear the suit jacket, we're just gonna wear a polo. And then it starts going downhill from there. Next right. yes. people are getting up and using the bathroom with everybody on Zoom. <laughs> and they're like, don't mind me. <laughs> I while I flush this toilet. And 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 you got your kids running around in the background. And nobody is, I haven't, I think I put a little bit of mascara on so I wouldn't look completely crazy. But I mean, who wears makeup? Like nobody's wearing makeup. I was happy to put on these earrings today. I, was like, <laughs> right. I, feel, I feel like this is my dress up. I feel like somebody today. But I mean, we haven't been they really, girls who nails done, makeup, you can't wear makeup and wear a mask. That doesn't work.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's sure if it does not dry on your lips and okay. last all day, then you're
0: wearing your lips, nobody can see your lips. Right. So <laughs> mean the only thing that care people did care about was nails. I will mm-hmm. say that. But you couldn't go to the nail salon. So then like everybody bought up all the nail supply stuff at the store because you realized you had to do it yourself. <laughs> I had my nails haven't been done in forever. And then you <laughs> come to actually realize how important were these things ever really. Hmm. Some things you do for you. Mm -hmm. Like I finally got my hair done, but I haven't had my hair done. Like I got it done today Mm -hmm. for you. No, I I mean, I just, I needed to get it done. But it's been just curly natural probably a year and a half. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So that was something you were doing even
0: before. Yeah, I was already, but it was you'd still I would you know get all these higher products and do all this stuff and you can still have fun and do those type of things but but when it came to routine things that you thought you had to do like I need to get my waxing done and my nails done and I have to buy this new outfit because I have these upcoming events wait you ain't got no events to go to boo and you have nobody's trying nobody's gonna see you (laughs) I love how
1: you call yourself boo that's (laughs)
0: that's good Get your priorities together. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So then you, and then you realize what has been the vices for your kids and your activities because you, uh, the summer was a wash. We had had all these summer camps up and the kids were going to do, you know, gymnastics and basketball and acrobatics camp. And, you know, we were looking at putting them in all these robotics camp camps all that was shut down. So you had to come up with what your summer routine was going to be. And then you had to do it social distancing. So then it actually forced you to start looking around your own state and being like, oh, I didn't realize that this wildlife center was right up the road or that these big open fields were here. We had many a days where our exercise is I found an open field somewhere at some park that nobody knew was somewhere in the neighborhood and I'd bring a soccer ball, I'd bring my little Bluetooth stereo and a blanket and snacks, and we would sit out in the middle of the field, and the kids would kick the ball, and we'd play music, and we'd sing and dance, and it would just be the three of us in this big, huge open field, and that's, that's what we were doing that, for that afternoon.
1: But sometimes yeah. I wonder like, how this looks through the eyes of children, because I'm sure to them, Uh, So I'm sure you had to explain to them what the virus is and all that other stuff. So first of all, how, number one, how did you explain that? Um, Number two, from what you perceive of your children, how are they looking at this? If you had to, you know, use your mom's eye, how, how do you think they're experiencing this whole thing?
0: they are really being troopers. I will say that it has been difficult for them to be separated from their friends and just seeing them on screen. I will say we have been blessed in a scenario that isn't necessarily typical of other parents. Our kids through um, their father's uh, position at his hospital because he was an essential worker, they had contracts with a few of the um, national um, care centers, so that children of essential workers, because they needed the essential workers to come in, children of essential workers were able to go to these centers during the day. Okay, so that got okay. established, um, and it was a partnership between the the hospital and the state, um, to where the kids could go there for a full day. And but they max was like five children in the space. Mm-hmm but it did still allow them to have some form of interaction but they had to wear masks inside they had to get their temperature taken every time you i never have seen the inside of the center because you weren't allowed to come in there were all these protocols so as a as a parent you're just dropping your kids off to some people that you've never met before and they're getting your temperature they're great you you but you're never going to see the kids classroom at this point um they thankfully you know they take pictures it's a great setup but it many of the parents had to be 1000% home with their kids without an outlet at all. And for the children, it was mostly difficult because a lot of the developmental things that you know happen is through play. Children learn Mm -hmm. through play. So this was very, is, is very hard because especially very young children, kindergarten, first, second grade, their interaction and their social skill development is through play um, on the playground and how you go it's difficult to be on a playground, but you can't, you can't be on the playground. Cause the playgrounds were off limits. So it was right. trying to figure out, cause I, they'd be begging to go on the playground and I would go, sorry guys, you can't go on the playground. It's against what, you know, you gotta be safe, gotta be safe. So it, through their eyes, it was, at first it was like, okay, temporary. And then it was like, well, this is going to be a little longer. And they were like, okay, so when am I going to be able to see my friends? And I'm like, well, you can call them. So then there's video chat. And then after a while, they're like, I'm tired of the video. <laughs> I want to see my friends. So every once in a while there'll be a small group of parents who I would trust, but it was going to, you know, this happened maybe after about two months of, of us not interacting with anybody else two or three months that every once in a while we'd go hey can we meet you out on this big field somewhere Mm -hmm. and the kids can kick the ball and they be separated because we couldn't let them play on the playground but they could kick a ball to each other with all their masks on and we could social distance and but maybe it was just one other family that we could interact with um other than loved ones you know and but it was like hard it was like they went we would see want to see their uh, their grandparents, but they couldn't go inside because grandparents are over 70 years old. So, mm-hmm. got,
1: got
0: wear their mask and they'd stand outside on the yard and they'd have to wave to their grandparents. Wow. And the grandparents would open up the door and they'd wave to them and go, Do we love you? But I, we, they couldn't go in the house. Wow. So, every night, the prayer is the same to this day. Mm-hmm. Janae, my six year old, prays that the coronavirus goes away and that anybody who has the coronavirus. That um, that they recover. That's Mm -hmm. always her prayer (laughs) every night. Is and then everything is about. So when coronavirus goes away, can we do this? And so when coronavirus goes away, can so it's about Mm -hmm. giving them something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Because you know, vacation was a wash. We couldn't go to the beach this year. We were planning to go down to Florida. They were finally hoping that we could take them to Disney World. That was exactly what happened.
1: Disney World was shut down.
0: you know, there's so many things that were disappointing that you had to figure out ways to give them something something to look forward to. So we had to make up new traditions. We made a garden and I am so not that person. But I was like, "Hey, <laughs> we're gonna go to Lowe's because they were essential. And we're gonna get gardening tools and we're gonna make a garden. And they were like, yay. <laughs> so we made a garden. I don't think anything's growing back there, but. We, that's
1: what we did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, I talk with uh, my sister about this sometimes too. I'm wonder, also wondering if they're going to see these years, even though they couldn't play with their friends as much as they wanted to. I'm wondering if there's some kind of somehow going to see this these years as some of the best in some strange way that I can't imagine. But no, sometimes I children just- can see the rosiness of. Of weird experiences
0: because the 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 flip side which i've seen many memes and have watched and as i as you i've also thanks to my friend megan mcglover starting a um thankfulness and gratefulness diary that was another thing that was ingrained as a activity for your own mental health which i realized was very helpful because in the midst of everything that's going on there's still things to be grateful for cuz we didn't get sick. We are grateful for our health and to have a healthy and to have a, a a roof over our heads and we aren't homeless and we have a community of support that we can reach out to. We did have we have a family member who has a home pool so the kids were actually able to swim this summer because we Knew that it was a family member. We knew the home. We knew that we were one of the trusted families that could come over there. So they got to have a summer still because they swam all summer. Not every not that wasn't a blessing that a lot of people would because the school, the pools were closed. So you know there's there's all these nuances of things that are there's and we got to spend a lot of time together. When you look when you really look at it, your families are always on the go, especially in the DMV.
1: Mm-hmm. And work, some of your work, everything uh, is.
0: And you travel with your work, work as well. I travel, you were, were passing in the night in the household and it forced everybody to come together in ways that you hadn't been forced to before. Um, it required you to be creative. It required you to, um, I'm cooking and I am not a cook but I have been, cause we can't, we couldn't go out to eat. So mm-hmm. I started, we started baking cookies and I mean, cause the grocery stores are open so we could buy that. I'll be like, you know, I love for roasted Brussels sprouts and I can't get it at my favorite place. So I'm going to figure out how to make some sriracha Brussels sprouts and make it at home. <laughs> so, you know, a little, and then you bring the kids in and you do it together. So I think they're definitely going to be things that while you, there's many things and routines that were taken away. There's also new routines that were added, that that get, got families together in ways that they've never been together before.
1: So even blessings in a pandemic, yeah, in a, in a strange way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is that is the truth. I've seen I've seen some of those as well, you know, in my life. But then it's it's weird because you're grateful, but then at the same time your heart is also aches for people who have lost loved ones Um, you know and I think uh, a couple of a couple of people even though I didn't know them personally I think we probably know people who are related to them who have passed I think a couple of people were featured in the Washington Post who passed away some people in in the SDA community or who were somehow affiliated um
0: yeah yeah there were several that surprisingly passed away you know shockers to where you're like oh my goodness i just saw them last year at our homecoming or, you know, I never knew they had an underlying condition or, you know, not to mention on top of the losses, just of people who you like the Kobe Bryant's and the Chadwick Bozemans and the.
1: That's where this year <laughs> went off the rail. This year went off the rails with Kobe.
0: <laughs> well, and it started with nipsey Hussle, whom nobody knew well i didn't know he was until he passed and how much he had done for the la community mm-hmm. i was like yeah nipsey Hussle. i didn't know you before but clearly you made a difference in your community and then it was like one after another after another and you're like what gives and then ruth and then i'm just like really 2020 really we want a <laughs> refund right now we want a refund i want my refund <laughs> but at the same time there are blessings that come out of it because you truly can see the resilience of humanity you can you see the underbelly of humanity mixed in with the blessings and resilience of humanity simultaneously there were just as much as there is despair there is hope in that there are still decent people out there and people were super creative and our community, our little neighborhood was, the kids were riding, my son learned to ride his bike on two-wheeler, because everybody was riding bikes, and he was still on training wheels, and I'm like, okay, you are eight, and we, by the time this summer is going to be done, you, before you turn nine, we're going to be on two wheels, (laughs) and we kept at it, because we had the time, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like, okay, every day, we're riding a bike, every day, we're riding a bike, and one day, looked up, Free and no, no, he got it. He was on it, and then he was off to the races. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> of twenty twenty, he learned to ride his bike. You know?
1: So the <laughs> sorrows and and definitely the joys. Um I, the victories. I have to ask, um, so you've made like lots of adjustments this year. Um, how have you made adjustments as far as your work is concerned? And you know, planning events, social distancing style.
0: Yeah, so that has been interesting because um, as many have, it really makes you stop and look at your life's work, your body of work, and is this a time of transition now? Is it time to make change? Is it time to look at other opportunities? people lost their jobs in the middle of this pandemic and people have found jobs in the middle of this pandemic. Um, it's certainly a time of uncertainty in many ways. And for me, it, it there were many factors that that added to the uncertainty because I didn't know, I don't want in the industry really come back. Um, so I have had to look at taking up jobs that I've never thought I would, you know, part-time job, part-time work, Um, But I've looked at anything that I've been able to figure out how to make an income out of now as stepping stones for a setup for a comeback, meaning, you know, if I'm going to take this part-time job at Target for a period of time, then I'm going to learn what their system is, or I'm going to figure out how this, you know, what is fulfillment in retail? I've never worked in that industry before. How can I incorporate this into business practices or skill sets that I can use in another capacity at another job? Because if the industry isn't going to come back in a way that is going to make it a viable uh, quick enough, then I have to look at other options. So that's what I literally have been doing and, and, and interviewing and seeing, you know, uh, spending lots of time updating resumes and but building relationships and rekindling relationships with other people that you haven't spoken to in a long time. I've had more conference calls and Zooms with my girlfriends and Zooms and sit times and We were for a period of time. It was our only sanity. It was like either every Friday night or every Saturday night there would be. I'd have my West Coast crew. We'd get together at like four o'clock on Sunday afternoons. It'd be five of us getting on a Zoom, and then there'd be my our Saturday night DC crew of six of us, and we'd get on a Zoom and we'd play games. And it it was you know it got tiring after a while. That's but then we you know we all put on D nice. (laughs) Oh oh my god! (laughs) Quarantine. uh. Club Look, for- that's
1: the best club on the planet, in my opinion.
0: DJ nice, found a niche for himself in the yes. He's like famous. I mean, like, right, were you fit.
1: listening that night when like a 100,000 or 200,000 yes, people I was were on like-
0: there? My- I, was I was like, yeah. I took a screenshot, reposted it to my IP. It was like we were all celebrating together. Michelle Obama came on. Yeah. <laughs> was on there. I was like this is the place to be online <laughs> virtually so it there was and the, but then it was the matter of me having conversations with like one of my clients is a university here in the dc area and trying to figure out how do we do graduation by mm-hmm. and so i had started doing research on you had to become an expert or not even an expert but you had to learn how to do a virtual event like overnight and then many of these companies who had other skill sets had to turn into virtual companies overnight. So then I became familiar with companies and, and even delivery food services that I didn't even know they had corporate accounts, so where they could deliver, you know, like multiple meals to multiple different locations simultaneously with your event. Oh, wow. Right. Things that, <laughs> like, oh! like, everybody be- had, be- became innovative it was like figuring out another way to do the same to do, this thing, to do this thing so and even now it has changed the industry and forced it to a new pla- place that i don't think is going to come back from in the same way because even when every when industry does open back up i think there will always still be a virtual component now mm-hmm. because they've had to perfect it over these past months so now that all these um systems are in place Why would you only do a live event now?
1: Yeah, so many different options. When
0: you have a global audience and you've already created clearly the NBA figured it out. The NFL's figured it out. Ellen's show just went low at live last week or something. She figured it out. They have ready has these digital screens with digital people in the audience without real people. So you've spent hundreds and thousands of dollars doing stuff. I saw uh, the client I was working with possibly wanted to use a company and Kelly Clarkson and her show did like a virtual baby shower and you could get it sponsored. These sponsors were, you know, it was all these moms joining in virtually and, mm-hmm. and, and they were getting all these care packages you, that they would get sent from these sponsored companies and would get oh shipped. To I mean, there's, it, <laughs> it's, cre- it's created a new momentum for the industry that had it not been for this pandemic, it wouldn't have forced people to get this creative. Hmm. So that's the beauty uh, that can come, you know, Does the song and spiritually have read? You know, beauty for ashes. You can bring beautiful things out of what it be, what what is ashes. And I think it's about embracing those things that keep you going and keep you excited. So for me, it's a loss in some ways. Obviously, a financial loss. But in another, in other ways, it's forced me to get new skill sets and to go out and learn new things that now I can hopefully apply to the future job that I'm going to have or, or be able to apply it to my own business when, when I'm able to return back to that business as usual.
1: Speaking of beauty for ashes, did you watch the ashes that some people call a, the first presidential debate of 2020?
0: You know, I was going to watch it. Actually, I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> and, then, and then a group, uh, part of my, my 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 inner circle, half of them were 50-50 on the fence. The other one was like, I'm, I'm protecting my mental health and I'm not going to watch it because it's not going to be good for me. I just already know. Then the other half was like, I'm going to watch it just because I need to stay informed. I was planning to watch it. And the only way I was going to watch it is because I had this bingo game. And it was okay. like... <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I
1: think I think I took a screenshot.
0: (laughs) The presidential debate bingo game. Yes. Because I was like, okay, how many times is he going to say Corona or fake news or how many times? Antifa. Antifa. How many bingo? (laughs) You know that I was going to make it fun, but then some life stuff happened in my household, so then that took precedence. And and I said, you know what? When I looked at the aftermath and saw the clips and saw my timeline blowing up. I was like, I think I was just saved a good two hours of my life <laughs> span and by some not brain watching. cells. <laughs> some brain cells were preserved <laughs> by missing it. And I just said, it just makes my, it just makes me shake my head. I, I just, every day I'm like, are we still in the twilight zone? I've been saying, are we in the twilight zone since March? But like, we just are just continuing to be in the twilight zone. So I just realize we're just not waking up.
1: I don't think Rod Serling ever imagined anything like this. And who knows what Jordan Peele has in his mind? <laughs> who knows what fodder this man, is for him writers, and what he will be creating?
0: <laughs> man, these writers who've been shut down and when they need personal time to write and come up with stuff, they have had a good long run to come up with lots of good material. Oh, yeah. For like the next, what, 100 years? I think we, yeah, we'll be good for 100 years. <laughs> something that comes out of his, this is early, like I was stuck at home for five years, which was only one year, but it felt like five years, and I wrote this movie. I wrote these five movies. <laughs> right. Some, something good has got to come
1: out of it. <laughs> and so, um, another thing I wanted to ask is um, this year feels, um, I know going into the year, because it's 2020, 2020 clarity, 2020, you know, all the positive, the positive, uh, sights about 2020 vision and everything like that. This year feels like a fresh hell every day. It feels like we stepped on a roller coaster with vomit on the floor and now it's going to start raining hot coals out the sky. Um, it feels apocalyptic. It feels like one person in the, in the show that I produce in my day job, one of our guests afterwards said, you know, this kind of feels divine in some way. What are your thoughts about everything from this year, from Kobe Bryant's death? And like you said before, you know, things were a little weird, even last year when when Nipsey Hussle passed away. Mm -hmm. But from Kobe Bryant's death, and then the national emergency, and then we found out that Ahmaud Arbery died, uh, I think around in February. Mm -hmm. And then social unrest and then people social unrest black people can't even pandemic in peace
0: yeah and big big uh meme that stood out was if only a pandemic was the only thing you had to worry about if only if only if only if only we only had to worry about a pandemic we might be able to just handle that but i think what it speaks to is a resilience of a people in particular people of color in particular black people and I think it was the perfect storm for what would have maybe been like, you know, what this is a, just another. This is just another example of how we're disrespected and mistreated, and you know, uh, the another example of institutionalized racism that has been acceptable there's been an acceptable amount of institutional racism that, and because we weren't up in arms about it, there were always groups who were like, we need equality and and the rest of us are like, yeah, that will be nice. But I'm going to go over here to this Chick-fil-A though, because I wasn't paying attention to my money. I mean, you sort of, and you go, well, why can't we keep the money in our communities and what are we doing to support this? And how are we, it wasn't until the, um, you know, the Ahmad Marbury, and obviously George Floyd. Um, that brought everything to a head, but I believe that the it is nothing new for a Black man to be, to die at the hands of law enforcement. That, that's not, that's not new. That's not even news, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. What was new was that everybody was exposed to it at the same time in real time, without distractions. There was no- oh, because sports. of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, there was no sports. There was no social gatherings. All you could do was Netflix and chill or watch regular TV. So any new so you were thirsty for entertainment and then a story like this breaks and it's finally an awakening, which was interesting to me for many of our- uh, I would call them my white allies or my non-black friends were reaching out to me, some who I haven't talked to since high school. Wow. were reaching wow. out to me saying, Oh my goodness. I didn't realize what it was like to be black in America. Is this really, I want to be more aware. What can I do to help to break this, you know, system of racism that I obviously am white privilege and did not know. So that's a blessing that I felt came out of it because real hardcore conversations have had that were uncomfortable for people to have. And they were like, you know what? I don't even want to ruffle feathers because y'all wouldn't ever, it's not going to change. I think there was a glimmer of hope that now because the allies were up in arms, I remember I did go down during one of the the. The, I didn't go down for the march, but I wanted to go down and saw the Black Lives um, Matter Plaza. Um, and went down there with my sister, just the two of us, because I wanted to see it. And it was on an off day when it wasn't a bunch of people, but it was just very interesting to me. I mean, it was our white allies and others who were doing way more marching than us. It, I didn't, there were black people, but that wasn't the majority who were in the march. It was marching up and down U Street and no those streets around there. It was not. There were people of color, but it wasn't us. We were not leading it. It was a... Bu- and I said, well, that's nice. I'm going to sit there with this Bus boys and poets outside and eat my little uh, fried whatever and go march. Because we've been
1: marching for a long time. So why don't y'all march? Right. So like I- we've been trying to tell you, like when my reaction to when George Floyd... Well, just like this, we've been trying to tell y'all. <laughs> we've been trying to tell y'all. I'm
0: trying to tell y'all. And it All took somebody
1: these- on their knee, which is the same thing that Colin Kaepernick was doing peacefully that some of y'all didn't want to see. Do you understand now? You get it? Just a little
0: bit. And ironically, that knee thing has been symbolic since Malcolm X time. Mm-hmm. He would speak to now. He was obviously using Harsher terms, but he was just like, when the it was you know white people on our neck that's black panther party all the lots of stuff was about on our neck they're on our neck and then to see that play out it was like it was art reflect life reflecting art art reflecting life i wasn't sure which 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 it was but it was the literal form of it in front of america exposing the underbelly of america going yeah this is actually what you've always been but are y'all ready to actually see it now we've just been tolerant of it Mm -hmm. do you think it'll last all the outrage (sighs) because i I haven't
1: watched the video i can go the rest of my life without seeing it the picture was enough
0: oh yeah i'm not watching i i and and ironically i did not have my children i didn't want my children to see it either but it hit me especially hard because they were out of school and then this george floyd unrest happened and my son is, is a beautiful chocolate brown boy. And he was, he was only eight at the time. But I said, I'm not doing my family justice if I'll, how, when do you have those conversations about racism with your children? And the reality is, you have to have them sooner and sooner. I couldn't, I was, I was putting him in danger by not explaining to him racism. Is that kind of took it. pissed I was, you off
1: a little bit? because
0: he how old is he you said
1: he's eight he's nine now he's a child
0: child and he's you try a child to, and you try to protect your children as long as you can i said this in a um they got picked up by the washington post um i went the, the day that my sister and i went down just to see the black lives matter uh, matter plaza there was a small group that had gathered in front of the white house and it was just an open forum um didn't realize a reporter was there and um it was just you know they allowed people just to speak your heart like, what's the frustrations you're going through? And um, there was a lot of older generations and they've been holding this mantle and torch for so long. Those in their 60s and 70s, you know, they've been marching since forever. And our generation, I'm not young, young, but you know, we grew up hearing about the stories of the marches and some of us have participated, but it hasn't been like the priority of our lives to go out and march up until now. And so For me, it was heartbreaking, as I shared with them that day in front of the White House, impromptu, um, that it hits you differently when you are raising a child that you know isn't a threat, but is going to be viewed as a threat. And how do you prepare them for that? And it hits you differently as a Black mother because when you look at George Floyd, you know he, and he cried for his mother. And then you find out she's dead. So he's crying out for his dead mother. And you are raising a child who's the same complexion as him. And you can't protect them. I mean, it, it it just, it tears your heart apart, because you said, you know, all a parent wants to do is protect their children, but they were born into a country that was built on hating them, and not looking at them as human, and then coming up with an excuse after excuse after excuse that, it, that somehow it's our fault, that we're just looking at it wrong, and, and that that's not, what what is institutional racism? What are you talking about? If, if you just work hard, We can
1: still work hard and still get pulled over for no reason.
0: It's been proven time and time and time again. And you're raising a, I mean, I'm raising a son and a daughter, but you know, I am especially keen to raising a black son because you have to be. I know he is going to be pulled over for nothing. I already He doesn't even have a driver's license yet, but we're going to already have to have the talk, which in the black community, we know what that means. I'm going to have to have the talk with him. And it's going to be, yeah, I'm going to have to talk with my daughter, too, but she's going to be able to get away with a little bit more. Because she's one, she's a female. Females aren't looked as much as a threat as males. And she is a lighter complexion. And because we, we have a colorist society, so there's going to be less that's put on her than it's going to be put on my son. And that's a reality that you have to grapple with as you're raising your children in this country. And for me to say to my eight-year-old, I know you have a best friend and he is not of the same culture as you. And I'm glad he, that you have such, he has such a variety of different friends. And I said, but your friend and you are going to be treated differently. And you also have to be mindful of how, not thankfully at, this, at the school where my kids are, it's not, it's not we, we, very, we can very publicly express ourselves and speak to things, but in communities where you have to watch what the teachers are saying, because they'll call mm-hmm. a lighter skin or a white child, you know, an active child. But if it's a black child, their language will be like, he's aggressive. It'll be the same actions, they'll do the exact same thing, but they'll mm-hmm. ter- use terminology to saying that my sons or a, this black child, is aggressive in class versus this white child is just active.
1: Somehow there's badness assigned simply because of, and they don't even realize it's it's because of skin color.
0: Because of, because of skin color and because of institutional racism, that's, that school books aren't teaching the true stories, that you're having to, you know, the school finally embraced Juneteenth for the very first time, that it had never been celebrated at our school. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you know, it seemed like everybody jumped on the bandwagon and that's fine. I don't mind the bandwagon stuff, as long as you just keep it going. Like, it's one thing if you use it as an excuse for ignorance for for a while, but then if don't just do it for that one time.
1: Right.
0: I'm gonna need you to be consistent. And now that you know, don't try to go back and say, well, well you know, that time has passed and we're good now. So it's it's been a lot of growth in this year of pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, and a lot of conversation that I didn't think I would have to have with my children at this time. I mean, it, it's tested every aspect. We've dealt with health crises. We've mm-hmm. dealt with social crises. We've dealt with family crises. Pretty much every, and then you can't go to church.
1: Mm, the place where you can usually find solace. Oh, during for me it's during the well, okay, first of all, let me say I haven't been to church church in a good two years on a regular basis, at least two years.
0: Yeah, hey, hey, we always <laughs> been there. I feel it, I feel it. But, <laughs> but you know where you know where
1: the building was. Yeah, you needed to go, you could
0: get there. Yeah, and I
1: can go online, amen. Go online even before time. the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite part was um Back in we, when we were kids, they called it the song service. Now they call it the praise team. Praise and worship. That's yes, it. praise and worship. That's my favorite part. Of course, you know, I love the sermon too, but to me, just the singing music, music is like a conduit to the divine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it works virtually, but it's just different in
0: person. Not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. I will say I am grateful. Speaking, switching back gears to work, it was ironic for the first time in six months. Last week, my church, the the in Alexandria that I go to, Community Praise Church, we did our, our International Day. Is if you've ever been to it, it's a thing. Like it's a big like two like. 1500 people come out to normally to our international day it's big
1: and how can we describe a- it off the chain it's lit without oh, the oh, liquor.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, without liquor and then you got all the countries bringing their food and it's a big food fest and the com- it's like it's a thing so last year they hired me to produce it and it went off very well because it just can get overwhelming if you try to internally do it so i appreciated them reaching out to be real media management to come producing well this year they reached out to me And it was kind of almost about three weeks ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have much time, but they said, we want to figure out how to do a virtual. And because it'd been six months and they're like, we're, people are dying to connect. And we got a new pastor that had never (gasps) met the congregation.
1: Oh, wow. What? (laughs) <laughs> Never even thought about that. Because <laughs> life still goes on, even during this hot mess of a year.
0: We had a transition of pastor, a new pastor installed at our church during the pandemic. So only people met him online. What?
1: Nobody I'm had- I'm gonna have to think about that for a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> produced online. We thankfully have a very robust <laughs> online service and, mm-hmm. and production. Uh, but it was an interview. Like one of our personalities at the church had to be, you know, Zoom a uh, tape to Zoom where we're talking with him and meeting his wife and his kids all online. Like I guess on wow. the only way the church could meet him. <laughs> so it was great because uh, it was like two weeks ago we did. I we had to create a drive-by meet and greet International Day. So we had everybody decorate their cars. And that was that was where it got my I got a little taste of being able to do event planning again because it was it was it was an itch that needed to be scratched and I was happy to do it for my church but it also felt another need it, it it felt it it was filling the void of human connection mm-hmm. even though people could only drive by and wave at them and say a few words and drop off a card welcoming them to our community. You know, they had not laid eyes on our new pastor. None of us had since he'd arrived, and I think he literally came in like April.
1: Uh, oh wow! Okay. It has been like six months—well, five
0: months, I guess. If it, this yeah. was this were last, but month it had been so. six months since the church was shut down, and then he got uh-huh. installed after after the church had been shut down. Okay. So he was installed probably. And now, I am i don't know the timeline exactly, but he was installed maybe about a month into the pandemic when everything was shut down. So we're introduced to him online. Everything was online. So physically being able to drive by and wave to him and say who what your name is and introduce yourself. And we were able to do it all virtually. Like we had a camera crew there. CPC Church does an amazing job with the crews. The camera crew was able to capture it so that the online audience could participate and meet the pastor and see some of their church friends driving by and waving and you know and and um it was a great experience but it was just it just forced everybody to be creative and unique about it but it also highlighted the fact that people just missed human connection.
1: Yeah. That is definitely something that it's missing.
0: Church is one of those foundational things and especially in the black community where we always found solace where nobody else might get what you're going through and you're the only whatever at your job or you're going through stuff or you're being discriminated against or you're just not feeling great but the people who you you can you can be somebody else at church that you don't you're just on the praise team at church. Your regular job, you're CEO of whatever, whatever super duper duper company, and you have to be. Da, 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 da. But
1: mm-hmm. when you
0: come into church, they're like, "Okay, I need you to take up mic three and <laughs> singing this song, and this is your key." You're like, "Okay, okay, I don't have to tell anybody what to do. <laughs> I can follow directions because that's all I got. I'm here for Jesus now. So you, so you got a, a mental break from life." by being able to be at church. And it's always been a a place of solace for black community. So that has also been challenged. So it's like on every side, but I do believe it is a way that God is preparing us to take away all of our norms to say, so when everything's taken away or when everything's thrown off, what do you have? Who are you? Where is your anchor? And will your anchor hold?
1: Hmm. Yes. In the storms of life.
0: You know, when you realize that you are dealing with more than, um, you know, things that are beyond you, you have to pick and choose your battles and where you're going to put your energy. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm up at a place now of where am I going to put my energy? Well, what are the things that are meaningful to me? I'm going to put my energy towards the things that are meaningful to me, the things that are going to bring me joy, bring me peace, bring me hope. Still be informed. Don't be stupid. <laughs>
1: Megan McGlover. Megan McGlover. That's a stupid with two or three or 50 O's. I can't remember how many. <laughs>
0: don't be stupid people don't be stupid I'm not gonna be stupid I'm gonna be informed but I'm also it's about balance and I think that's ultimately what this whole uh, exercise of life is teaching us is that you have to decide where you're gonna put your energy and at the end of the day you really aren't in control of much if anything
1: You know what? Yeah, hashtag truth. <laughs> hashtag truth. As much as we like to control and <laughs> grab like
0: things. We're not actually in control of them much. So knowing that and embracing that is then just saying, well, life isn't about the destination. It's about the journey. And what are you going to do during this journey that is going to, to, to make the journey fulfilling for you? Did you spend your energies on woe is me mentality and I'm fighting with this person on that and I, this life is terrible and I hate the schooling and I could, I could dwell on that, or I could choose to spend my energy on the things that I can have a little bit more control over how I'm going to react to it. But, oh, this, this school thing is not fun. This COVID pandemic school is not really great. So what else are we going to folks? We got some of our work done. Sometimes we didn't get some of our work done. We're going to have ice cream Fridays though, because the ice cream store is still open. So every Friday, we're going to go for ice cream. We're going to set up new traditions. We're going to, you know, um, you know bake cookies regularly we're going to make paper people we're going to create memories that are going to be the ones that matter when nothing else really does when you're on those those my heart goes out to those families that lost their loved ones to COVID and they couldn't touch them and they were in those um, in their hospital rooms without anybody around them except for the that nurse. All you have at that point in your life are the memories of the times that you had together. And if you didn't take advantage of all those opportunities that you had together, then then, then what, what were you doing with your life? So I think I, it's, it's about quality and quantity of life and, um, you know, taking one day at a time and, you know, yeah stuff is going to happen what else is new <laughs> that's what life is stuff happens
1: well thanks for listening to planet Now, where it's all about the people places things and ideas that teach us prompt us to make a difference and do more with what life presents that was stacia wright with be real media management we were doing a little catch up on a year that has been topsy-turvy for us all you can get all her social media handles and links at planetnow.com. I'm Liz Anderson, host of the planet noun podcast. Don't forget to follow on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also on SoundCloud and uh, please stop by Apple podcasts and rate the show. Look, I need to pause and say something right here. I appreciate you all hang in there through this tough time. Take care of yourself. Take care of those you love Take care of you and your community by wearing a mask when you go out. Just follow the science, please. I know this pandemic, it's been going on for a long time. I'm, you know, I'm tired of it myself. I'm tired of putting on a mask every time before I go out the door. I get it. I totally get it. I miss the maskless days, but this is where we are. So let's all do our part to keep ourselves and those around us healthy and safe. Thanks again for stopping by. Until
0: next time, take care.